0: Welcome to the McLeod's Daughters podcast. I am Jessica Kate, and I'm here with my fellow romance author, Rachel Houck, and we are here to chat about the Aussie TV drama, McLeod's Daughters, especially from Aussie US perspective. And here's a fun fact that I learned in the last uh, week or two, Rachel. I had a look, I very rarely look at the analytics for our podcast, but I was poking around the back end of it the other day and I saw a breakdown of where our listeners live. And that was very interesting. That is very interesting. Do tell. What I expected. Most of our listeners, I just thought this would be fun to highlight because Rachel and I so often talk about sort of the Aussie-American differences because there is a very big um, American audience now, a growing one from the cloud stores, especially with uh, it being on streaming services now. Which country do you think the greatest proportion of our listeners would be from? I'm going to guess the US just for grins here. It is. 46% of our listeners are from the US. And so I'm guessing a lot of you are perhaps newer to McLeod's daughters than are uh, a lot of our lovely Aussie listeners who've probably watched it on a box set eight times by now because it was uh, so very popular, in, uh, especially in the early 2000s. So I just thought that was fun. Waving to uh, all our lovely friends over in the US. And also, uh, I'm trying to look up the page here now, but it's not showing. Here it is. Um, we have a number of fun countries, which I just never particularly thought about all the different countries in the world, which might be interested in McLeod's daughters, a whole bunch of countries from Europe. And if I can click the button, I'm going to cut half of this out, but I'm just going to like give a shout out to some of our listeners from some of these countries. This is exciting.
1: I love the fact that we have (laughs) listeners in Europe. Thank you guys.
0: Yeah. Like it's exciting. It's so fun to think. Here we go. We've got uh, USA, 41%, Australia, 31%, then Canada. Hello, Canada. I do like Canada. Hi, Canada. Uh, Germany, United Kingdom, Belgium, New Zealand, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, India, and Switzerland, Iceland, and Guatemala have all registered on um, on our thing for where listeners are. So hello everybody from all those countries, thank you for listening to us and I hope you're enjoying learning a little bit about Australia and through this podcast about America as well um, as we chat about our different experiences.
1: That is really cool, I love that, welcome everybody. Welcome. Even if it's only
0: one of you, we like you. Yeah, (laughs) that's it, Represent. Um, so we're here to chat about season two episode four it's called boar war which is a play on the boar war which was spelt differently in uh in africa at the turn of the century um but it is uh about a water shortage at drover's run so uh rachel first of all quick summary what did you think of this episode
1: i thought i thought it was interesting my first impression was They really started delving more into some character traits and some character issues. Mm -hmm. It just felt like this episode took the whole story and the whole world of McLeod's Daughters into a deeper place.
0: Mm -hmm. I was a big fan because it was a big Nick episode, as in he was one of the main, (laughs) usually Nick is one of the sub- (laughs) Okay. I'm all
1: about the story and characterization. (laughs) Jessica's all about the high guy. I get you. That's why I'm I'm showing up. (laughs) I love it.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah. Um, This was a lot of Nick and this was a lot of Nick in the show. Sure. It was. And a lot of of, yeah. And a lot of. Harry, why are you such a jerk? We'll (laughs) get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's fun to hate Harry
0: though. It's fun to hate him. Um, And also it was, it was a fun episode for, I mean, it had a sort of had significant moments in Nick's relationships with his brother, with Claire and with Tess. And they were all well-motivated. Like I understood why it was, I felt like I got to know Nick better. It was just, it was really fun. So let's jump into it. Um, We start off, the girls are trying to fix the ball. They're short on water. Um, they do fix it. Water sprays everywhere. We had a lot of our, what I wrote here, random slow-mo. Remember early in this show, there's a lot of really random slow-mo and it came back. <laughs> yeah. I
1: thought it was kind of weird that they have a water shortage and then they're playing around in the water, but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I think whenever they're so spraying water, you just got to sh- shower somebody with it. So they just little cliche, but it looked really fun at the same time. So I was fun. down
0: with it. Also, Nick, meanwhile, is off uh, turning on. He's got a big pivot irrigator watering his new barley crop. And my first note here was uh, in the previously on, we saw a flashback to the episode where Harry gets pinned under the tractor and he says at first that he's going to give Kalani to both um, in, in his will to both Nick and Alex. And then he goes back on his word and he says, it's just going to be Alex. It wouldn't work. Nick gets nothing. And in that scene, we see Nick's season one hair, which was a lot longer longer. And in my opinion, far less attractive than his season two hair, which is much shorter. And I don't know. I just like it a lot better. I feel no, like he's really like a... sharpened up. Interesting. <laughs> I, can't re-
1: I can't really remember. but I don't remember. It was really fluffy in season one. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Mm. I remember thinking, what's different about his hair? So mm.
0: good call. Good call. And I like the contrast here between um, they have a big, very flash pivot irrigator and uh, the girls have a broken windmill and water tank and board like you can just see the difference in the amount of money that is behind Kalani and that is behind well it's I shouldn't say Kalani this is Nick's property and throughout the episode they said the name of it a ton of times, and I could never quite catch what the name of it actually was I need to look that up so I'll know it for a future episode but anyway I will let you know in
1: a I will let you know the next time I say it because, as you guys know, I watch the show while we're talking about it to make sure we don't miss any fun details. And I have on the captions because sometimes I don't understand some of the Australian words. I read (laughs) them and I go, oh, is that how you say that in Australian? So it's very interesting for me.
0: (laughs) Um, Back at home, the girls are now drawing straws in order they – don't get to shower. They can only have a bath and they all have to use the same bath water, so they have to draw straws to see who gets it first, which boy, things are bad if that's what you're doing. I have lived through some pretty serious droughts in Australia. We've had times of shorter showers, but we have never had so little water on the farm that you couldn't have a shower personally. Now other people may not have had that experience, but anyway, that was me. Uh, then they'd try and run the bath and it's brown water. Um, so something's gone wrong and they're going to Nick's housewarming party. Nick has officially moved into his new place and so they're going to go dress up. And so Claire's just not going to dress up, she's going to check the ball on the way. And we see for the first time when they're checking the ball, Tess jump at a uh what she thinks is a snake, and it's actually a stick, which is going to be a running theme throughout this episode. Um, what was your reaction when she True jumped the snake, Rachel? Oh, that that was weird, <laughs> but it's
1: a joke throughout the rest of the show, so it was a little odd.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I would have done the same thing.
0: Uh, I would say, think
1: at the same time the test would know the difference
0: this between is, a snake uh, and a stick. Sometimes you just see a flash of brown out of the corner of your eye, and it's just the right sort of shape, and your instinct. <laughs> I actually found that reaction quite realistic because there are blooming snakes everywhere out there, and you do just see a bit out of the corner of your eye and you're like holy crap and then you realize it's a stick but um once i had to walk to work without my I like some reason i couldn't wear my contact lenses and i didn't have my glasses either and so i had to walk to work without any of it and i saw a stick and i was like is that a snake and then i'm like oh, it's a stick <laughs> but, um, so the girls are on their way to the party uh both my boyfriend and i commented on they're driving a nice black Mercedes. And we were like, who owns the Merc?" I haven't seen that car earlier in this show. Anytime Rob has to watch this with me, because I have to say, Mathad's isn't his favorite of favorite shows. <laughs> but, um, but he always says his favorite thing is the cars. He loves the cars in this show. And so he noticed that straight away. Um, I did too. This?
1: I was yeah. wondering where that came from. It's like yeah. a big old, is it it's makes like cars? you guys from the
0: eighties. It's a big old sedan yeah Mer- Mercedes yeah um, and that's where they drive past Nick's crop and they realize that the crop is sucking up all the water and so there's going to be a big crop versus cattle fight throughout the episode um, we go to Nick's new place he's having a big fancy house warming everybody's dressed right up it looks like a really fun party actually and Brick and Becky are sitting together on the couch and I thought they had a little bit of a weird vibe like Brick was sort of trying to talk to Becky and I felt like Maybe she wasn't being super encouraging. What What did you think of that moment, Rachel? Did I just misread that?
1: I think she's a little bit insecure, at, but I just want to back up real quick. Mm. It's a super in-depth conversation between on the porch, between Nick and Claire about who has the right to this water. Mm-hmm. And she suggests, and the reason why I wanted to back up to this real quick is because this is becoming a bigger part of the plot. She suggests he waters at night, and she can water by day because she's got cattle. And he's like, "Well, I can't. I got to water my barley when the barley needs it." And she's like, "Well, I got to water my cow, my mm-hmm. cattle, my cows, my cattle." And so this is kind of they agree to go to a, a mediator. Yes, they do.
0: And actually, so- I like there was a series of conversations. They sort of they started talking about it, and they're being very reasonable. They're both friends, um, and. Then they started both kind of saying, well, you know, I can't lose my crop. And she was like, well, I can't lose my cows. They started to fight. And then later in the party, they sort of went back outside and had more of a conversation. But I feel like um, yes, first yeah, we saw do. the Brick and Becky thing um, then Alex shows up with another girl named Shelly, and Tess had been talking to Nick just beforehand. And then Alex shows up with this other girl, first time I've seen him with a different woman since Tess. And Tess is super mad at Nick. She's like, Thanks for not giving me a heads up, mate. And Nick's just like, I didn't realize that was my job. Um, and she just has no problem totally blaming him and walking off in a big huff. Um,
1: yeah, and, and- Tess looks at alex kind of starry eyed i have to say she She looks like she's happy to see him and she's Mm kind of cutely dressed and then some girl comes in and laces Mm. her arm through alex and her face drops so Mm -hmm. yes and then she lays into nick Mm
0: -hmm. so something she's not totally over alex yet Mm -hmm. very much then we go to Nick and Claire, have a second conversation outside. And I really like this because they, their first conversation really ended in a bit of a fight and they were both quite annoyed. But then you see them come back together. They've cooled down and they're like, you know, we're friends. Like I got this vibe that they were like, you know, we're friends, even though we're fighting, even though thousands and thousands of dollars are at stake for both of us here. They really care about each other and they want to sort this out well and they don't want to just have a big fight about it and I just really like that about their friendship dynamic and we have another joke here about you know Nick's talking about diversifying he wants canola he wants pigs he says you and I should um have a crossbreeding program which again ha ha another funny joke Mm. about him marrying Claire and then he's like oh Angus Hereford cross not (laughs) because she gives him a funny look um and so they they agree to agree to whatever the licensing mediator says now throughout this entire this is a major plot point of the episode like this is what the whole episode is about this water fight i don't think this is how water works (laughs) now i haven't we only watched this last night and like we said it's seven in the morning on sunday so i haven't had a chance to ring my dad and clarify um because i've grown up on farms with boars with spear points um, a lot of dry land stuff around us and you know Claire says at a different point in the episode oh Nick and I use both use the same water basin so when he's pumping I can't pump I don't think that with one person in a farm pumping the other farm would immediately not have water I just don't I'm I yeah that sounds to me like it. this is I'm sure this isn't how underground water works <laughs> well that's what I was thinking because if
1: that's the case you're basically talking about pumping from the same well but they're, they're not talking about but a well not. they are yeah they are in tapping the a, in ground yeah they, that's right so it I know it's a drought I know it's summer I know it's hot I know mm. all of that but I'm
0: thinking and doesn't work that if way she, if she no <laughs>
1: if her if her part was dried up she wouldn't get any water
0: yeah and no one would have yeah, water would have, for right a gajillion for like a like a lot of farms
1: right water. there you go
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So a, it doesn't dry like, up it doesn't dry up in spots it, it just yeah, goes down there. equally right one tiny aquifer that only feeds those two farms that just doesn't seem right i could be wrong i could be wrong i should clarify with dad later i'll, I'll have to ask him next time i see okay him clarify next in episode. episode but i we don't will teach you about aquifer yeah, I, I don't think this is how it works. Um, and also, I, I don't know that the person drives from Adelaide to Drover's Run to interview Claire and Nick and say, okay, like, they've already got, she keeps saying, have you pumped more than your allocation? And they're like, no. Well, like, they've got allocation. That's the rules. Like, what this is mediating between two farmers? Um, so this is the last time I'm going to win you. I like, I found the basic premise of this water problem. I didn't find it totally believable, but I'm just going to say that put a pin in it okay I won't whinge you about it again in the episode because it was it made for a good episode and you know made for wise. a great episode
1: yeah it did great tension yeah and you know what I say sometimes when people write me and go is this plausible Rachel this storyline or I get something wrong in a story mm-hmm. even though I do tons of research but you know there's mm-hmm. lots of little details that you can get wrong mm-hmm. and my answer at the end of the day is well in my fictional world this is yep. how it
0: works <laughs> that's how it works yep Exactly. End of story. (laughs) Like my approach to like Aussie-US visas because I'm always writing Aussie-US characters and romances and stuff. In my world, visas are a lot easier to get than they are in reality. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Um, So um, they... Uh, we also see at this party, sorry, before we've jumped ahead to talking about when the mediator comes out and talks about the ball stuff, but we're still at the party here. Nick plays the piano with Tess and sings this song. And I thought that was just like, a, we saw Nick's fun side and him and Tess are having a great time. I just thought that was cute. Then we see all the girls are sleeping on the floor. Everyone slept over at Nick's place. They've all got um, beds set up on the floor There's a weird tangent where they're talking about European women not shaving their arms and then it all comes back around to Tess asking everyone, does anyone know who Shelly is? Who is this woman that Alex has brought? So we can see how much it is bothering her. Um, And then they're making a joke that um, she goes to go to the toilet and they're like, watch out for snakes. They're going to be there for the water. And so then Tess leaves and refuses. She's like, I'm not, she's like, besides I'm not going to the loo anymore because what if there's a snake there? But also she grabs up her bed off the floor and is like, They're like, where are you going? She's like, I'm not sleeping on the floor after that. Which my question is, where did she then go? She was in the middle of the night at Nick's. Did she go sleep in the car? Did she go sleep on the dining table? Which, by the way, is what my brother is currently doing. If you aren't aware that there is a massive mouse plague happening currently in areas of rural Australia, there is a horrendous mouse plague that has eaten half the weight of my dad's own hay. And my brother is currently working in Dubbo sleeping on a dining table because there are so many mice getting into everything when they sleep the other day they tried to catch in a box the amount of mice in their living room they got 50 in a box just chasing them around the room (laughs) that is the level of plague that has happened because it was drought and then it rained and the mouse population just explodes and hopefully winter will kill them soon but like there is bad stuff happening out there (laughs) it's nasty poor poor mice but poor people um yeah
1: I, I just want to say, I think it's strange. I know that rural, you have to drive to go to someone's house, but they kind of do this on a regular basis. So it's 2002. Why are you sleeping over at someone's house? I
0: wanted to, I'm a like, party. obviously they've all been drinking at the party. It's nice. Okay. Maybe? We're all being okay. responsible. All right. We're not, we're not Maybe driving after have been drinking. That's good. But then I also thought, uh they live next door they could drive they could stay on the properties and just go through their adjoining gates they wouldn't even have to go on the road and also it's the country they're two hours from town they would just drive on the road like they wouldn't probably care that much as long as someone was somewhat sober and everybody looked pretty sober at the end of the party they but, looked um, sober at
1: the end of the party yeah and i want and to say not that far oh, away. it's not that far away so that was strange to me i was like where are they why are they camping out mm. also there's but some funny- fun to do that sometimes <laughs> my friends and I've right, There is, there is there that I will concede to that. Guys, I'm 60. So sometimes I'm, <laughs> where's my bed? This is me now. What? I have to go out tonight. What? And I've been home all day working, but I'm too, what? I have to go out. I'm too tired. <laughs> anyway, um, the look on Brick's face is so cute when Nick is playing the keyboard. he, he I just oh, love I the guy. Notice. I love the actor. Oh, he's so cute. And then Claire is looking, listening to the song and you know, she got her arm over the back of the couch. And then at one point she kind of like does the, you know, the little ear itch thing and has this look on her face like, Oh, I don't know if I can stand this. <laughs> this is, you know, this is painful. <laughs> so there, there was some, a lot of really cute, cute looks and a cute kind of feeling of camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it showed us, maybe that's why I also thought this episode took everything deeper. Who knew Nick could play the piano? Who knew he could sing? Um, He's the cultured one of the
0: family.
1: He's the cultured one. (laughs) So that scene kind of turned things for me as far as who these people are and who their characters are. And they're not just people who come at each other Mm -hmm. with a problem. Yeah, but they're coming at each other most of the time with this problem. And then they kind of like spout at each other and then they walk away. And then they come back and they like each other and they love each other or they're flirting with each other. Then they come back, they have this problem. So it's, it was kind of nice to see this
0: other side and take the story a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, then we jump to the next day, the water lady's there. Um, she's talking with Claire and Tess and she's very stone-faced. She's a real government, but sp- she talks like a bureaucrat for starters. As soon as she starts talking, we're both like, oh, she sounds like the worst <laughs> and, and she's also not responding to any you know Claire's trying to argue her case the woman's just very like I have to make my judgment still won't give an indication which way she's leaning Tess tries the feminism card you know we're working in a man's world the woman doesn't respond at all then we cut over to Nick talking to her he tries first of all his logic then he tries a little not too much time but a little bit of time he invites her back to the house for a coffee or a cold drink she says no to everything um and then she says in the at the end of the day they tend to choose stock over crops and so claire will get um more of the water but if neither of them can agree on this then she will suspend both their licenses okay i said i wasn't going to complain about this anymore but this one i the government is not a daycare center saying if you two can't agree that i'm going to take the water off both of you that's not how that works <laughs>
1: They would like for it to, but that's not how that works. <laughs>
0: not how that works. Um, anyway, the the next day, Portez is pulling her beautiful white sheets out of the washing machine and they are brown. The women are speculating on whether or not Nick gave the water lady the look. They all assume that he's tried to charm her. Um, for the second time, Tess freaks out at something she thinks is a snake. It's actually a piece of pipe. Um, and then we have a little subplot with Terry and Meg telling each other what annoys each other about them. I don't know why Te- Terry started this. He's just starts, he's outside. He's looking for something. Meg's working in the garden. He just starts telling Meg all the things she does that annoys him. And I missed what it was that he, that sparked, because Terry's normally so accommodating and nice to Meg. It just takes all her crap and never complains. And he's not doing it to hurt her. He's just saying very matter of fact, like, oh yeah, like you do this you do that you do that. Not realizing that with everything he lists, there's steam coming out of Meg's ears. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you don't approach Meg that way. No. So let me look here. He he says, hey, good looking. She responds. They have a little kissy poo. <laughs> and then she's in her garden. And then he's, I don't know why he's there. We don't know what he's doing.
0: He's like looking for a bottle out of the bin or I something. I said, do you he's want something? Wine. I'm
1: looking for a mint source bottle. I finished it the other night. Um, oh, he, oh, I know. So he goes over to that kind of stone wall, brick wall. Mm-hmm. And I think he finds her scissors where she cuts her cigarette in half. Oh, and that's what starts this conversation.
0: Starts. Yeah. And so anyway, this is
1: troubling. Oh, he also is looking for the bottle and he says that slurping sound you make and that's, uh, yeah. that begins it too. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: He's just being overly chatty. He's feeling close and he feels yeah. like he can be honest.
0: Yeah. He doesn't realize that he's ticking her off Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Brick comes over to Drovers run to give, Becky had been wearing like this sort of neck hanky or bandana or something at the party and she left it there. And so Brick comes to give it back to her, which is very sweet. And she kind of gives him a hard time. She's like, oh, you had to drive all the way over here just to urgently bring me my hanky thing. And I'm like, Becky, say thank you to the nice boy who just drove over here to bring you your thing and is always so nice to you. And then... Brick, obviously, Brick is a smart boy. He's like, oh, the hanky thing hasn't worked. But what does every woman at Drover's Run desperately want right now? He happens to mention, Becky, did you know that Kalani has a swimming pool and that Mr. Ryan is away every night this week and you see the light going in Becky's eyes? Bing! Yes. <laughs> I was like, Brick, you are a smart boy. <laughs> he wants to see her in a bathing suit. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> um and meanwhile meg is stewing over the whole issue with terry mick comes oh well hold over. on
1: to real quick jessica mm-hmm. uh there is an actual snake oh, here in this scene right. um jody sees a snake <laughs> she jumps down it. off the truck and she's go- going out with the shovel like boom 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 they don't show that part thank goodness they did show us it was a snake mm-hmm. and then becky's standing there kind of like are you done yet so <laughs>
0: put a pin in it we'll see the snake later yeah and they put the snake's body in the back of the ute and they're going to do something yes. with it which yes. is a practical joke that has happened on my family farm a number of times oh my it's goodness very bad but it's also very funny
1: <laughs> that would give me a heart attack I can't stand snakes spiders no problem even mice you uh, squirrely snakes mm, nope
0: one time they like held like obviously their head's snake's head was all smashed but they curled it up next to the bike with its head tucked around the corner of the tie so you couldn't see it and they put a shovel like against the post so that you would see the snake and go holy crap grab for the shovel but they wired the shovel to the post so you'd grab the shovel but then it would like snap back oh, against the post no. and <laughs> you'd be trying to wrestle it all and, i'd just um, be running yeah i've been set people- for it mm-hmm.
1: I said I babysat for a man one time who collected snakes, and not just any snakes—rattlesnakes, snakes, venomous snakes. He had them in a a room, kind of off this carport. So I go over to babysit one night, and he said, "Oh, I I had to dispose of a rattlesnake, and I I think he told me he did he tell me that oh, he told me that's how he killed him." Yeah, how he killed them was he put them in the freezer. Well, I go over to babysit one night. He did not tell me that he had to dispose of a rattlesnake. I open the freezer, get the little kid a popsicle, and I see this <laughs> big fat coil in there and I'm like, slam. Ah! <laughs> and then later I said, did you Ooh, kill a rattlesnake yeah. in the freezer? Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. What Ooh. if it hadn't
0: have been dead yet? What if like a chilly rattlesnake jumped out of jail?
1: <laughs> well, I, it had, he didn't put it there right before he left. for the evening so it probably not long in the freezer before that thing would at least be asleep
0: Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. anyway interesting um so meanwhile nick comes over and here's where they have the big fight uh claire says that he flirted with the um with the chick which, puts rep, him, yep. which he did a tiny bit but it kind of puts him off site and he also accurately calls that they probably played the feminism card which Tess did um, and then Claire plays her trump card which is she, if without this she will go broke Nick has his father's backing it will not ruin him if he loses his barley crop it will ruin her if she loses her cattle and Nick says well, you don't have uh, anyone backing you right now. But what if you marry Peter? Which I thought was a weird way yeah. for this conversation to go. I'm like, okay, it sucks for Nick because I know he wants to be an independent man. But it is true he won't completely go under if this happens. But I don't. It's not totally fair for Claire to play that. I guess that's that's not a very business like move. It's just a she's leaning on the friendship there and asking for his mercy. I guess, which is probably a big move for Claire. She would struggle to admit that she will go broke without this. But and Nick does not. It stings his pride to be implied that he leans on his father, which I think is why he doesn't have the most understanding of reactions, which is understandable. Um, But the whole Peter thing, I'm like, well, for starters, the relationship's pretty new. They're not engaged. And to say to your friend, I'm not going to help you out with business because you might marry this dude and then you'll have more money. I just thought that whole thing was weird. And as expected, very much ticks Claire off.
1: Yeah, and because they were talking about who would be in charge also. And so yes. he said, well, Peter would be in charge. And she said, I Mrs. would be Johnson. in charge. She was yes. like, Jackson, Mrs. Jackson, I think. You just saw this name. red haze come over her face. I know, but he kind of pulled that out of nowhere. And, but I he think in some way he was trying to say, well, you could have someone to fall back on too very soon. Mm. And the only person he could think of, think of was Peter. So, mm. huh. But that's where the whole, she didn't deny it. Yeah, she, she didn't. didn't she kind of Did said not. well if it's if. totally
0: Nick Peter yeah she didn't but say she's it. like I'll be the boss Where'd you, you get know? that mm. I'll be the boss yeah for sure mm-hmm. meanwhile Meg goes and tells Terry all the annoying things that he does <laughs> and then he's like well I came to tell you some good news I won something but I'm not going to tell you now and he goes up and I was like good for you Terry stick it up yourself don't let Meg bully you she's a bit mean to him sometimes so I was on team she Terry. is Meanwhile, Claire is in the, her office. She's looking up cattle prices. They're really low at the moment, but she's planning to sell her herd. She says they can't really afford it, um, but she's going to do that rather than lose her friendship with Nick. Meanwhile, and Tess tells her just apologize and this will get better. And so in a weird way, like I was like, oh, how nice of Claire. Like she's caving in. She's putting her business in jeopardy because she doesn't want to lose her friendship with Nick. But also she's still holding to price. She doesn't want to apologize. Does Tess think that Nick will change his mind if she does? Like I didn't quite track that. Meanwhile, Alex is talking to Nick and Nick is saying, I'm going to plow my barley back into the ground. So they have both at this point, they've had a fight, but then they've gone away and said, no, I love the other person's friendship too much. I will give up my business thing for them. And then um, they, Tess goes over to Nick's house. She's wanting, she's not wanting either of them to sacrifice the thing. She wants them to strike some kind of deal Nick's not in the house, but she sneaks a drink out of the tap and then sees his shower and just like dives into the shower. And meanwhile, Nick comes back in and is like sitting at the dining table watching her clothes come flying out of the bathroom. This whole thing cracked me up. He's just sitting there laughing, listening to her sing. I, I love that scene. That was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a really great scene. She's having a good time in there. So, mm-hmm. so again, they're really giving us the impression that they're not showering because... Mm-hmm. Or even drinking water. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> the way she was at it, you thought she'd just walked across the Sahara, like, oh, mm-hmm. I need water.
0: Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, comes in. Th- there's like a series of scenes I really liked here. Alex is now sitting in Claire's office with her. Now I have to say, I have missed Claire and Alex lately. First like half of season one, Claire and Alex's friendship was a major part of the storyline. And then as Peter came more into the scene and Alex went with Tess, we lost the Alex and Claire friendship. It hasn't been on screen for ages. So I was really happy to see him just chilling in her office, chatting to her about life because that's where this show started was their friendship was one of the key relationships of the show. Um, And that Claire is venting to him. She's saying, even if I do marry Peter, I'm in charge. And then she says, even if I married you, Alex, we would live here and I would be the boss. And I laughed out loud at that because it was so like, can you ever imagine Alex just being like, sure, Claire's the boss. I am a whipped man. Like, it was just such a ridiculous comment. And Alex just laughs in her face and says, you're obsessed with being independent. And then she rings. Mm.
1: Well, then she says, because if a woman asks a bloke to help her, then they'll say the bloke helped her, that he yes, did yes, it. That that he she didn't do it, no, it on her she own. She can't
0: do it on her own, which I understand where Claire's coming from. That is what people are going to say about her.
1: yes especially in this male-dominated world of ranching but i will say anyone if there's only two people to ask for help male or female so she has she can't do it on her (laughs) own she has the women are helping her yeah you know so big deal
0: gonna mean you're gonna Um, avoid 50 of the world's population
1: (laughs) that's exactly right especially if they have what you need i'm sorry you're a man i don't want anyone to say that you helped me but i really need what you have so um There's a thread here between Nick and Claire, which I think kind of joins their stories together in this particular episode. And that is they both want to be independent and neither one and both are being accused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Alex accused Claire of not asking for help. And then we're going to come up on Harry accusing Nick of not asking for help. So this is kind of this common bond and they solve it in a really cool and unique way.
0: Mm. Um, I also like the second half of the conversation between Alex and Claire here, Peter then rings and Claire picks up the phone and Alex like does a big roll of the eyes. He's kind of annoyed. He is not a fan of Peter, which I like. I'm intrigued by. Is he a bit jealous of Peter? Does he think Peter's an idiot? Is he seeing what Claire is missing? That Peter is not fully committed to this the way that she is? Um, I'm he does interested say... There. He does say, God help the bloke who marries Claire. Yes. I also and then he leaves
1: laughing. Funny. He leaves kind of laughing. So he, to me, again, it's still, oh, he says, you'll never be happy with a doormat. So what he's mm. saying is the man you marry can't basically let you run everything because he'll be a doormat and you would never like that. And she wouldn't so, like that. And, and she I wouldn't. liked
0: that he makes that point. I think it's another tick in the column for Alex and Claire, although only a subtle one. It's not a big one um, because Alex is not a doormat. But also, I like, he says, you wouldn't be happy without a doormat. And she covers the phone up and says, how do you know what makes me happy? And he goes, I just do. And he walks out and she's grinning. And then she goes, and she's grinning. I like that. Yeah. Alex and Claire are back. At least their friendship. And it's very cute i think really i have friendships with
1: guys like this well i used to um i don't have flirty ones anymore because i've been married for almost 30 years um but i have guy friends where we tease each other in an appropriate way Mm -hmm. but when i was younger and not married and not committed i had guy friends who were like that with me Mm -hmm. to tease me all the time but there was kind of no spark between us no romance between us they wouldn't be somebody that I could see myself with I'm sure they couldn't see themselves with me so that's how I see Claire and Alex Mm -hmm. they have that flirty brother sister vibe but they can't maybe there's a little spark but they just can't get to the next level
0: so Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back over to uh, the, the showering at Nick's place. Tess comes out wrapped in a towel and tries to defend herself and then says, this whole fighting thing is ridiculous. Stop letting your pride get in the way. You bought the fun to get back at Harry. Mm.
1: Well, that's because Nick turned the water in the Oh, that's right. <laughs> and she screams. So she either lost all the hot or all the cold. I don't know which. Yeah. then she comes running out in the towel. Very convenient. This is our third towel scene, I believe, with Tess. Yes. yes
0: um and she says oh, I know you bought the farm just to get back at Harry and Nick's like how did you know that um and it comes out that Claire has told her and he's rather annoyed and now this is only a Claire move that being annoyed at telling people about your business but she's like I talked to my sister if you talk to your brother you know have you told Alex and he's like no and Boom. so, you know, the Ryan family has a huge communication problem, even between the brothers, who tend to be the ones on each other's side more than the parents, but they also have their major issues. And um, and he just shuts down and he's like, nah, it's my business. And he's obviously a bit cranky. So she goes, gets her closed, and exits. Um, but I did like her just-, just telling him straight, this is ridiculous. And and the her like self her like righteous defense of why her taking the shower was okay that was just funny
1: <laughs> i just gotta say though this is the weirdest scene and here's why hmm. a beautiful sexy woman is standing in front of you nick in a towel <laughs> yeah. and you're sitting at the table and you have said in the past stay <laughs> and here you are arguing about what claire told her mm-hmm. and her, your pride and this is the weirdest conversation to have standing there in a towel why are you having it get dressed and then have the conversation
0: it and he just, also didn't like, look that distracted like he managed to get annoyed and when he gets annoyed he just looks down at the table i'm like dude she's still standing there in a towel okay. like
1: <laughs> yes like so at, okay can you imagine with your boyfriend just like hey he comes in the kitchen, you come out in your towel and then he's like, oh, hey, what's for dinner? And you have a huge dinner argument or conversation while you're in the towel. I'm thinking (laughs) it's not going to happen. It's other things are on people's mind at that point. But I'm thinking at least he could have said, I can't have any conversation with you in that towel. (laughs) Like at least acknowledge that she's naked under there or something. I don't know. And just show Uh, the the fact that he's
0: distracted by her. Like I was he's a little bit too immune
1: to her feminine wiles or she's a or she's a little embarrassed or uncomfortable um standing there in a towel
0: right and I
1: don't
0: have you ever know. seen the tv show chuck like the first time he sees sarah he's talking on the phone at the the nerd herd station in the shop and she walks in the door and he drops the phone that was what yeah. i wanted i wanted nick to drop the yes phone. <laughs>
1: yeah nick should have dropped the phone and she should have To me, run turned around. I'm not being a prude. I'm just being. I'm thinking, what is a natural reaction between them? Yeah, maybe you would have had a moment, Mm. an eye exchange. And uh, this show hasn't shied off from sexual innuendo or um, sexual content before, in the sense of references or jokes or whatever. So I'm thinking he's got to make a comment about that. I hope the towel doesn't drop something. Because it's just so obvious (laughs) that she's standing there in a towel.
0: Um, And then we have, I have to say, this is one of the best episodes um, of McFad so far, I think, because the next conversation really cracked me up as well. Um, The girls are writing up, um, they're talking about um, Claire saying, I don't have a problem with male authority. It's just that I'm always right. (laughs) and meanwhile that's Nick such a claire to, line such a claire line and that was funny as and nick's saying to alex oh i don't have a problem with pride and the girls ride up nick's looking to sink a ball um but the, they have a big fight because they just assume they're like oh you're checking up on us and claire has a real swipe at him she's like well ryan's always get what they want They have a big fight and then as the girls ride off claire says if um if clint eastwood shows up you can tell him to rack off too <laughs>
1: I thought that was a great reference
0: oh it uh, cracks me up like i'm gonna have to look up who was the writer in this episode because i if, this is one of the best this is one of the best written episodes like the amount of funny lines scenes with great romantic tension great scenes with the friendships i need to i should start paying attention to like i don't know sometimes with american tv episodes the name on the episode isn't actually really the person who worked on it the most it's just the way it works i don't know if that's the case with australian next time we talk to Paige you're gonna have to ask her like how it all worked and that stuff but I feel like Ooh, kudos back to that up. this one
1: what does that um, mean the, the person's name on the screen isn't the one who worked on it
0: yeah so often like when you have a writer's room with American TV like each depends on how many people in the room and how many episodes per season but they'll tend to get at least credit on one episode per season mm-hmm. but they often mm-hmm. like so many people in the group are contributing or maybe they wrote the first draft but then someone took it and they changed it all Um, it doesn't always work out that the one that they worked on the most is the one that their name's on Um, you can tell I I listen to a lot of podcasts with tv writers and I've heard them say that a couple times sometimes it is but sometimes it's not Um, interesting all right yeah but uh, Australian tv writing is different so I'm not sure Um, meanwhile uh, Jodie, Becky and Meg are all in the kitchen Meg is still obsessing they all notice instantly that Tess has showered and they're all so mad and that and the girls look at each other and they're They're like, "Uh aha, our practical joke is now justified. And so Tess goes to go to the loo, freaks out because she sees a snake there, and then sort of calmly walks out of the room. And then you go back to the others downstairs and you hear a gunshot. And I'm like, what? She shot the snake inside the house. You do not. I know some people shoot snakes. Personally, I think it's not. You have to be a pretty good shot to hit a snake. They're very skinny the shovel seems to be you got to get closer so that's dangerous I should say again it is actually illegal to kill snakes and you're definitely not people usually get bit when they're trying to kill them with shovels because they don't know how to do it well they're not good at it um but you don't shoot in the house (laughs) like you lunatic she's crazy um and they all run upstairs and like the girls are like it was already dead and then clay looks at someone she's like how did you guys know it was already dead yeah so i thought that was great trouble. great <laughs> yeah they're all having to clean it up that she shot out a heap of the porcelain of the sink um they have to clean it all up and then you and they're all kind of sulking about it and then you see becky kind of looks up and you see this idea light up in her eyes and then it cuts to becky and brick are sitting with their feet in the pool at kalani and Becky's trying to convince Brick to swim. We you know, he's called Brick because he sinks like a brick. He can't swim. Um, and he says, no, no, someone's gonna keep watch for Harry, you know. I don't know when he's coming back. But then Brick asks her to go to this ball that's coming up with him, which was, that was very so sweet. Cute. And very then she cute. goes for a little swim. And I mean, Brick guess what he wants. He gets to see Becky <laughs> swimming in the pool. And we're like, Finally, he deserves this. He's been so nice. I think so,
1: too. I forgot that he couldn't swim.
0: Yeah. I mean, the pool doesn't look very deep, but um, meanwhile, Tess is telling Claire to swallow her pride. She's saying, think how good it will feel when we, like, make the first step, even though they're the ones who were wrong. So on one side, again, the girls are planning to salvage the friendship over their business interests. And on the other side of it, Harry is telling Nick, turn the ball on, and Nick is facing Danny's father. Also, remember we commented earlier about hot Nick with the no-sleeves Every time they want like Nick's doing something, then they want the audience to be more in love with him. He doesn't have sleeves. He has no sleeves in this scene, and he's like staring down his father, and he's like, "Do not touch that pump," and um, he's like, "It's my farm," and Nick's it's like, Wilgul,
1: "It's Will Gull, Will Gulls, W I L G U L, Will Gull." I don't know W-I-G-U-L. how they W
0: I G U L W I L G U L Will Gull. Will Gull go. Oh, okay, we'll go. They say, yeah, it you say that fast different. and it's hard to catch. Um, and Nick's like, it's my farm. You're not touching that pump. And Harry's like, well, for tax purposes. And Nick finally fesses up because back when he bought this place, he bought it with his money as in his name. They made a point that Harry thought it was just going to be part of like the whole Ryan family Kalani empire. Again, this is another thing that never made sense to me. If the farm is not in your name, if it is not your money that bought it, clearly it's not yours And like, how is that going to work? Was Harry just thinking he would take all the profits and keep paying Nick a wage? Harry has lent Nick all his machinery for the purposes of working this farm. But I always thought this part was a bit of a stretch of believability. But anyway, it finally comes out.
1: Wouldn't he know his name is not on it? He didn't sign any papers. He knows
0: his name isn't on it. He just assumes that Nick's going to is like, That it's only in nick's name but like it also wasn't harry's money so that it just doesn't make sense on any level but anyway the it was a point was made at the time that nick was letting harry think that it was going to be harry's and that it was a part of the family empire and he was using all of harry's machinery and his workers um basically he's extracting his inheritance because he knows he's not getting any inheritance so he's basically using harry for all he can while he can uh but then he's going to keep all the profits and in his eyes You know, Alex is getting Kalani. This is how I'm getting my hands on my inheritance. It's pretty underhanded and sneaky, even though Harry wronged him. It's still pretty underhanded. And on one hand, I was like, ah, Nick's got a backbone. He's not taking this lying down. But on the other hand, I'm like, this is going to blow up in your face, Nick. And this is when it blew up in his face. (laughs) Um, He says, it's it's in my name. It was my money. It's my place. And Harry says, Alex, did you know? And Alex is in the clear. He didn't know. And so Alex said, and Harry says, okay, we're taking all my machinery off. None of my workers are going to work on your place anymore. I'm taking my stock back to Kalani. Um, and I was like, man, Nick has severed ties with his father for Claire. And then I wrote no shirt sleeves, manly Nick.
1: <laughs> I think what's weird for the, me in this particular scene mm. is how rude and mean Harry is. Yeah, You're not jerk. using it. You're not using the equipment. <laughs> yeah. So what? It's so, so what? that your son's doing something on his own being his own man oh no
0: my son no oh my gosh because
1: he wants everything to be he's trying to expand his empire but you're what 60 you're going to be retired soon this is let your sons do it their way and you've already said he's not getting any of it so why should he work for his brother the rest of us, this, this is so yeah, can and able ridiculous, right? This is kind of a Cain and Abel type of story. Anyway, I just thought I was really mad at Harry. Come yeah. on. He's your son. Mm-hmm. Help him give him a leg up. What is the big deal? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I'm confident That's Nick can do it on his own anyway. Stuff, Harry. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Um, meanwhile, the girls are driving over to Nick's place to make peace with him to say that um they're gonna apologize, they're gonna sell the cattle. They seal the machinery heading back to Kalani and they go over and they talk to Nick and Nick's like no I won't let you sell Claire you're not going to suffer for what Harry's done and then they have the idea Harry has pulled his cattle off Nick's property so they're going to do a swap Claire is going to adjust her cattle on Nick's property get the pasture for free and Nick will get all the water they both say sorry he invites Tess over for a shower anytime <laughs> <laughs> um and Meanwhile, back at Kalani, Harry is giving Alex a hard time. He's saying, did you say anything about this? You should be mad as well. You know, you've been over there working on his place. And Alex just says nothing. And you get the feeling that he's a bit torn. Um, He is really surprised that Nick has done this. I think he's a little hurt that Nick didn't tell him, but perhaps also a little relieved that he does have plausible deniability to his father. And I think he doesn't understand why, because as far as Alex knows, Nick is inheriting half of Kalani, I think, or he or Alex knows he's getting Kalani, but he thinks Alex, he thinks that Nick always knew this and is fine with it. Uh, One of the two, I can't remember which one. So I think he doesn't understand why Nick has had to resort to these sort of tactics. Um, Meanwhile, Meg and Terry make up with each other. And we realize that what Terry won is a spa, which is useless to him. They have no water for it. And so then we see Tess is siphoning water out of the pool. And I'm like, what is she siphoning that into? I don't understand what her end game is here. I didn't but- understand
1: that either. Like, how'd you get all that pool water over?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, what what is at the other end of that hose that she is pumping that into? Anyway, Alex catches her and um, ends, so they have a conversation. She asks him to pretend she's not there. Uh, it's a bit of a cute. This is the first time they've sort of really gotten along since their breakup. Um. And Tess makes a comment, I don't know how you live with Harry. And Alex is kind of like, rightio, steady on. And she goes, well, the whole inheritance story and not realizing that Alex didn't know any of this, she spills the whole story about how Harry had promised half of the property to Nick and then went back on his promise. And this is all news to Alex. And you realize that the pieces are falling into place. He understands now why Nick's done what he's done. And he, prob- he seems like he's feeling a bit like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I had gotten this unfair advantage i mean what does it mean does it mean his father doesn't believe in him does it mean that his father loves him more than nick i don't know i think he's just processing and realizing there's a whole side to his brother he didn't know about and that nick never told him any of this and their communication is probably worse than he thought it was and so um then Tess says who's shelly and he he like plays it cool and walks off he's like i'm pretending you're not here and, and sneaks off and then the next day, Harry goes to go swim in his pool and half the water's missing. And the girls all have it in their spa and, uh, and having a great old time. But yes, how on earth, like what, what water tank was on the, did Tess have the ute backed up to the pool with a water tank on the back and do multiple trips to siphon half the pool water out? <laughs> like- Here's another thing. If they're also desperate for water, why is the pool filled? Yeah, Kalani is not having these water problems. I think they make it clear that it's only Nick's place and driver's run that seem to be out of water. Meanwhile, mm. Kalani is flipping oasis, has got everything. Yeah, not how water so, works, but anyway. <laughs>
1: let's, just, let's just back up here for a second for this city girl. How is putting Claire's cattle on Nick's land solving any problem? I didn't understand that.
0: Yeah, because it seemed like she had the cattle on her land and she needed to give them water. She already had the grass and she just needed to be able to give them water. If they're on Nick's place, then they're eating his grass. And I guess he's just giving water. You're right. Nick probably wouldn't have enough water for both the cattle and the crop, but No, I know know is (laughs) Is he let
1: him eating his barley? Is that what it is? I couldn't No,
0: they're not eating the barley, they're eating the pasture.
1: Yeah, I don't I didn't understand why it yeah. was kind of like a touche moment and I'm like how is this a touche moment they're just drinking over on his land instead they're of her still land that it...
0: water. yeah okay anyway it was if still anybody an out there knows let moments. us know
1: yeah. yeah he tried to make it a good moment but I'm, I might have to back up and look at that
0: <laughs> so. but there were there were so many cute moments in this episode and i'm interested to see i like that nick is now out on his own he's gonna have to make it on his own with his farm no more backing from the ryan family so i'm keen to see what happens with that so if you want to also see what happens with that join us next fortnight for the next episode and in the meantime you can message us at mcleod's pod on both facebook and instagram and rachel where will people find you online
1: find me at rachel hauck dot com. facebook twitter instagram also, if you are on Clubhouse, join me there. Ooh, nice,
0: um, Rachel. Hau-
1: Rachel Hauk on Clubhouse, and um, join me and Christy Cameron on Authorland Clubhouse. So check that out. We haven't started doing anything yet, so we're waiting until the summer.
0: But yeah, check me out. Awesome, and I'm at Jessica Kate Writing on Facebook and Instagram, and JessicaKateWriting.com, where you can check out my book, A Girl's Guide to the Outback. And also, I should probably mention, I have free romances on there as well, including The Kiss There, The Kiss Thief, and The Kiss Goodbye, and they're super nice. fun short little romances. Fun, fun, fun. fun stories. So check it out, everybody. And we will see you next fortnight. Bye-bye. Good night. Hey, guys. Just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook, and that's Abbott with two Bs and two Ts. See you all next time.